0: Welcome back to The Extras. I'm Jack. And I'm Sam. Wonderful to be with you again. As we get into a new season of The Extras, really, we're back after the Easter break and the school holidays. Back here. Back with you, Sam. We haven't had you on The Extras for a while. I feel like it has been a while, so I'm grateful to be... I started The Extras That's way right. back
1: when, and uh, I'm very um, glad to be back.
0: I feel like the norm for years has been, you asked, me questions, and here we are with kind of new new roles, new team pastoring world, and we're sort here of sitting opposite chairs. Yeah, it's good but to be back, brother. Good to be, it's been a joy for me to kind of pick up your baby and run with it. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. been having a good time, but it's glad to time. welcome you back here. Yeah. New series, uh, new part of the Bible, which is sort of an old part of the Bible, everything old is new again. Uh, we've had a couple of weeks in our sermon series in the book of Romans, and hasn't it been a wonderful start? Sam, would you like to give us a little recap of what we've seen uh, last Sunday, uh, get us back into what we've been seeing in the Bible so far.
1: For sure. Um, we, we, we picked it up uh, in Romans. We're sort of two weeks in now. We've done a little week on Romans two, uh, 12, 1 and 2. The hinge verses of, uh, of Romans shifting us into the sort of application section of the letter where Paul kind of gets pretty practical with it all. Um, but he, he reminds us of God's mercy and says, live in light of that. You've been mm. saved, so so live in, accord, in light of that as a living sacrifice. And, and here we're in the first arena of where we live that out, and that first arena is in the life of the body with the, the church, God's people. Um, and, and Paul makes a big, big point in verse five. He says uh, that um, in Christ, we form, even though we're many, we form one body and we belong to each other. Yeah. And uh, really, this section is all about how to, how to live out the reality of being one body by uh, not being proud and using our gifts to serve the body.
0: Wonderful picture, like this place to start, our connectedness, uh, our, our life together. No man is an island and we in the church are, are one. It's, it's a yeah. really staring image. Uh, we've had a lot of questions come in about it, which is fantastic. We always love the questions you text in. Yeah, Lots getting into gifts and what they are and how we use them, all sorts of things. Yeah, We'll kick off with this one. Uh, Sam, you made a comment about uh, the, the gospel breaks down, not just the, the vertical barriers between us and God, but the barriers between us as well. Someone sexed in, I thought God accepted us as we are. Why are there barriers that need to be broken down?
1: Yeah, um, thanks for the question. I think, I think it's talking about why are there vertical barriers because I, I sort of made that comment that there are and, I, and then I extended it to say actually there are also some horizontal ones that Romans 12 is addressing. Mm. Why are they there? I think they're there because of sin. Um, and I think sometimes we, we need to have a whole picture. If we, if we want to say God loves us and God accepts us, we need to unpack that a little bit more because it's absolutely true. God does love us. God does accept us. But not automatically, not on the basis of, of who we are in and of ourselves. In fact, on the basis of who we are in and of ourselves, God, we actually find ourselves under God's condemnation. That's what the whole start of the letter. And if you go back to Romans uh, 1, 2, and 3, what we actually see is where, where things begin in the book of Romans is Um, God's wrath is being revealed because chapter 3 all have fallen short of the glory of God Um, we've all sinned we've all turned away and we are rightly condemned there's a huge barrier between us and God uh, of his judgment upon our sin we are not right with God Uh, and then what we find is God's wonderful um, way of, of removing that barrier is that he sends his son the Lord Jesus Christ into the world uh, to live the perfect life, uh, but then to willingly give himself as a sacrifice to pay for the judgment and the penalty for our sin. He takes our sin upon himself as a sacrifice. He takes the fall for our sin and then gifts to us uh, what we don't deserve, which is um, God's righteous God's righteousness um, and. and Forgiveness and uh, justification is Romans' language for that—that that God declares people who were formerly sinners and His enemies, He declares them righteous on the basis of of God's uh, mercy in Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, That—that's the barrier that's been removed, and now that's the vertical axis. It—it it actually sin and selfishness causes not just vertical problems, but horizontal with each other. Uh, and uh, Romans 12 is addressing um, now how in Christ we live out the fact that there are no barriers between us. Yeah. Uh, because in Christ, they've been taken away.
0: Praise God for that. Wonderful summary of the gospel there. So, great place mm. for us to start our discussion today. Thank mm. you for that. Let's come into some of the more specifics of Romans chapter 12. We had a bunch of questions that came in about verse 3 and verse 6, where you get these interesting phrases about, a sort of, in accordance with... The faith. So yeah. I'll read one of the verses. So uh, verse three, Paul says, "Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you." Yeah. So uh, maybe uh, to summarise a bunch of questions that got sent in. One of the other words that get used in translations is the word "measure" here. So the ESV talks about you know the in accordance with the measure of your faith, uh, and there's a, a view that you know we get different amounts of faith. That wasn't the view that you expressed, Sam. Yeah. Help us understand what's going on with. The measure of faith and the amounts, yeah. How do we
1: think about this? I want to, I guess, begin just by acknowledging that different uh, commentators have different views on this. Mm. Um, And the two views are either um, there's different different people have different amounts of faith, and uh, some have more, some have less. Uh, So think of yourself regarding how much faith you've got. Yeah. Uh, That's option one. Option two is. Uh, the way to be sober in thinking about yourself is that there is a, a yardstick, a, a measuring line, which is the faith. Um, and the faith says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as we were just talking about. Uh, so don't be proud um, mm. in light of the fact that you, you actually are undeserving as a sinner. Don't, don't think of yourself more highly. Think soberly. Um, those are the two options. Now, part of the reason there's a little bit of dis- discussion or, or disagreement... Uh, uh, it's not a major issue but the reason I think these two views exist is that the, the way it's phrased in the Greek is a little bit ambiguous um, could be either way could, could go either way yeah. um, and so there's a couple of things that you've, you've got to work through so in the view that I argued for um, I, I was making the point that um, that, that uh, the faith is the measure uh, that, that Paul is, is kind of calling all believers to kind of measure themselves by the same standard the same yardstick Uh, And that helps you to kind of arrive at a a realistic kind of... uh, So in that sense, the the little Greek word, metron, which is the word we're translating here, is the means of measurement, and faith is the kind of thing that describes that means of measurement. So, um, yeah, uh, that's the view that I I followed. Um, Now... Why not the other one? Um, for me, the big reason not the other one is that it just doesn't line up with the way that Paul speaks about faith. He he, he doesn't speak about some having more or less. He does talk in Romans four about Abraham being strengthened in faith. Uh, but but he, Romans four is a big big passage where God is the is gives the gives faith to the, and then it, faith is strengthened. But he doesn't talk about having more or less faith. Um, mm. uh, so uh, now that being said, Jesus does. He talks about you ye of little faith. Um, so I can see that but for me it also comes down to the similar phrase uh, later on in the passage where it's talking about prophesying in accordance with uh, your faith or the faith um, and for me in that one that, that is a bit of a, a reason to go the way that I've gone as well because I, I don't think it's sort of saying prophesy but I'm, I'm not sure because I'm not sure I fully trust this. I don't have a lot of faith in my prophecy here. That to me just seems a bit weird. Mm. I feel like it's prophesy in accordance with the faith so to me, I think, yeah, that would be the way to to view both instances of of this little um, phrase. Now, again, we're saying other people think differently. I don't think it, it's a massive hill to die on. Um, <laughs> if you go the other way, good on your, um, Power to you. idea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Those are the reasons I've gone that way. Yeah. Thank um, you for
0: unpacking that. So that's helpful yeah. to get a bit of a sense of the discussion that's happened there. So yeah, grateful for that. Yeah. We'll keep moving on then. another person's asked. Uh, I take it this list of gifts isn't exhaustive. Uh, what then is special about these ones that Merida mentioned from Paul? What's the context behind the gifts here in Romans 12?
1: Yeah, that is an excellent question. I'm not sure I've got a heap satisfying answer for you, friend. Um, hmm. I'm not sure... Like, some people want to look at all the different gift lists throughout the the New Testament and try and compile, like, a, an exhaustive list of Christian gifts um, mm. of the New Testament. Um, worth looking at bits of the New Testament because they're parts of the New Testament. But I don't think Paul ever tries to give you, a, like, a whole list of gifts and then has particular ones on view here. And I think his point here is less about the particular gifts mentioned and more about the fact that if you've got it, use it for the body. Mm. That, um, so... Uh, is there a particular issue in Rome where they need to think about these gifts in particular? Um, nothing in the text indicates that. Maybe that's the case. I don't know, but I don't think so. There's nothing that points me in that direction necessarily. Um, so I think he's he's just sort of illustrating things with... with um, Similarly, like I think you, you could also say the big vice lists or virtue lists in different parts of the New Testament, I don't think they're exhaustive either as if they're the only sins that human beings can do or the only good things human beings can do. But Paul's giving you a, an illustration. This is what sin looks like. Here's some examples. I think, I think that's what's going on here. We've got some examples uh, rather than a specific uh, kind of tight list. Does that... Yeah, just.
0: so at some level it's, you know, well, these are the ones that came into Paul's mind on the day, or, you know, why one and others, there could have been others, there are others, that these are the ones he happens to mention to illustrate this point. It's more about how you use them. You use it are. for the body. Yeah, Yeah. yeah helpful. Cool. Yeah. Let's keep going on. All right, uh, someone's asked, uh, thinking about this this picture of us as the body of Christ, uh, if we are all a part of each other in the body of the church, how come we can't fully connect
1: with everyone? Yeah, um... It's true, isn't it? And especially the bigger a body gets, um, mm. it gets harder to connect with everybody. Something that we're kind of working through as a as a church at the moment is God, God's growing us in many ways. Um, and I think it's true. Part of the issue is our finiteness. We just we just don't have enough time. Um, and if you actually think about the fact that body here, can, I don't think it's necessarily just a local body. Like I think there is a, a bigger body mm. the, of Christ as well. Um, you certainly can't know all of them. Um, Praise God, there's, there's millions, if not billions of them. Yeah. Um, so I think perhaps one way to think about it is to know that now we don't have a full experience of it. We have a, a limited experience of it. Um, and, and in glory, there'll be this wonderful uh, kind of eschatological body that that we experience on that final day. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that, that that's something to look forward to. Now, I think there's also a sense that you, you could also be a little bit analogous to your own human body. Um the fact that your pinky toe and your forehead probably don't kind of engage that much in they terms of unless you have n- neural you pathways and whatnot. <laughs> but they're all pulling in the, in the direction of doing what's good for this organism that is your body and they play their part. They, don't, they probably don't hang out and the synapses probably don't fire so much between your forehead and your pinky. Mm. Um, but that's okay. Um, they're still part of the same body. And they don't, Whereas maybe your, you know, your thumb and your forefinger, they work pretty closely together and they know each other pretty well they're definitely still part of the body but mm. do, you, do, you see the, do you see the point they're not yeah. um, approximately connected but it doesn't matter they're still part of the body and they're pulling in the direction of doing what's good for the body
0: yeah I think it's one of those things that y- the, the reality of it and the experience of it don't always line up because of what you said like we're in this time before the the, the last day before glory we live in the overlap of the ages so in the same way that you know, I am a saint, I've been sanctified and made holy, I'm one of Jesus' holy ones, and yet I still struggle to be holy in my day-to-day experience. Yeah. Uh, The reality, the substance of it is there, we're holy, and yet we continue to fight sin. Mm. Same deal, like we are one, like we are one body in that substantive spiritual sense, like it's happened, and yet our experience of it is going to be bound by the limits of this age, but one day we'll be one as we are one, and praise Jesus for that, we look forward to actually experiencing that on the last day, looking Mm. forward to it. Nice. Yeah. Alright, thank you for that uh, Someone's uh, said, you, you you started off your sermon, Sam, the language of kind of being captivated by this vision of the body Someone texted in, uh, the vision of the body can captivate it captivate us, but it may not uh, What helps then isn't being captivated by the body image, but rather by Jesus but clearly the two are connected Do you want to comment,
1: Sam? <laughs> Do I want to comment? Sometimes when I, I'm... No, not really, no, I, I, I'm ha- ha- happy love to, to comment I'd comment. <laughs> yeah. love to comment um, Gladly Yeah, so... Um, we, you're absolutely right we do want to be captivated by Jesus that is at the heart and soul of, of the Christian life that, that your heart is swept up and you're just full of gladness and joy at all that Jesus has done for you um, however what, what one of the things Jesus has done for you is brought you into a body um, and so I, I think to uh, part of being captivated by him is not just being captivated by his love or being captivated by the fact that you're saved and your sins are forgiven or that you're a citizen of heaven be captivated by those things that Jesus has done for you also be captivated by the fact that he's brought you to be part of a body. And this is a good thing. And until you catch how good it is, you, I don't think you'll actually be able to live this. Live as a living sacrifice in this context. Because, again, remember remember back to 12, 1 and 2. I always think it's good to hook things back to those verses. Mm. He says, once your mind's been trans- renewed and transformed, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. How's he described God's will? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So you'll start to see, ah, oh, this is good, because your mind's been renewed. Uh, and then you'll be like, I want to do this. Um, but until that happens, I think sometimes you're like, living for others? No way. I don't want to mm. do that. And uh, so I think it is important. I think it's part of being captivated by Jesus. Yeah, helpful.
0: You can't sort of have one without the other, can you? I, I think, think that's so. really key. Like being yeah. connected to Jesus and having other people connected to Jesus means we're all connected. You can't have Jesus without the body. So, yeah. yeah. I think sometimes, that, I mean, our experience of it, that, you know, our experience of church can let us down like yeah. that's because we're in this fallen world and so sometimes maybe that's part of what's going on in the background as well like yeah. you know jesus is great he's perfect we can get behind him my experience of the body, the body is always, that's so very
1: captivating yeah so i guess
0: it is maybe being captivated by the, the goal like the <laughs> that's right the, 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 the reality that yes we are one even though correct we're still, we're still learning as brothers and sisters how to live that out you know? yeah exactly yeah. Um, no, now, that's good.
1: just to check did we do the prophecy one back on, on number four no oh, no we
0: didn't can thank you we, yeah just, totally jumped over that let's no, come that's back good. yeah yeah number of questions coming in on this so thank you for bringing me back to it that's, <laughs> no, that's important right. yeah yeah <laughs> um to summarize a bunch of questions that came in look verse six talks about prophecy as one of the gifts yeah what is the gift of prophecy and yeah. how does that play out in the church today nice. if it does
1: yeah um so the way that i define prophecy um and i think it's really helpful to define it i i define it as speaking god's word to god's people um, sometimes I think we have the Harry Potter view of prophecy. It's future telling. Um, yeah. Going to the you know the Ministry of Magic and see the future. Um, now, <laughs> I think sometimes in the Old Testament, the Old Testaments did foretell the future, but the reason they foretold the future was in order to speak God's word to, mm. to God's people. So they'd say, God's coming to judge you Unless you repent, yeah. Um, so you tell the future with a, with a call to repentance, right? Mm. Um, we did Jonah, forty days and Nineveh will fall. You know, here's the future. Here's what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so, I, but I think at the heart of it is speaking God's word to God's people more so than it is about telling the future. Um, so, definition there. Um, what does it look like in day to day in the church's life? Um, I think it looks varied uh, in, in all kinds of elements, uh, and I think it's. Uh, so it could be uh, in growth group tonight as, as I speak with somebody um, and, I, and I bring God's word to their, to them as a member of that group um, that I'm, I'm prophesying to them. I'm bringing God's word to a person. Um, uh, could be you in a, in a conversation after church as you reflect upon the part of the Bible that we've studied, you bring God's word to bear on someone's life. Uh, could be uh, parts of my sermon might have been uh, bringing uh, God's word to bear on your life I think it's slightly prophecy I think is different from teaching uh, yeah. which is the authoritative laying down of um, the truth of the gospel um, and so I think say my sermon on Sunday I think I was teaching and I was prophesying at points um, but I think prophecy is something that, that uh, many Christians can express uh, men and women can prophesy you see that in 1 Corinthians uh, 11 um, that that women are, are able to, to prophesy as well uh, so I don't I don't think it's the same as preaching, yeah. um, but I also want to be clear, I don't think it's more, I think it's less of the Harry Potter future-telling and more of the speaking God's word to someone.
0: Yeah, it's a helpful picture. And again, again this is one of those things that is, there's plenty of ink spilled and there's other views out there, but yeah, I think yeah. this is one that, I think certainly captures the sense that this passage gives us. I mean, the things that Paul talks about as the gifts in Romans 12, they're all the kinds of, one of the things that often strikes me is, they're all the kinds of things that, normal Christians do sort of all the time like teaching and encouraging and serving and prophecy it's just another one of the giving yeah exactly these run of the mill things that all of God's people are called to do it's not like there's this supernatural kind of special like the you know the wizard prophet sort of people, like no, it's this, it's this. As we speak the word and love to each other, we're engaged in that act of prophecy. I think that's yep. it's kind of a weird way to talk about it because there is that whole like yeah. baggage that the word comes with. But that's yeah, right. that, yeah. Helpful. And
1: so part of the way you want to build the body um, as part of our church is to speak God's word to each other, mm. um, make make our conversations centered around the scriptures. Um, that's a beautiful thing that yeah that, that we can do th- to build the body. That's right. Let's
0: have prophetic time after church. That's, that's what I'd like to see more of. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Let's keep going. Uh, now, one of the issues in chapter 12, we've got uh, Paul saying, you know, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Think of yourself mm. soberly. Mm. Someone's texted, what does this passage have to say to us in a culture where so many people struggle with self-worth and they're yeah. convinced that they are worthless?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? There's a real reality to that at the moment in our culture. Um, and, uh, and I think we want to be full of compassion to people who are struggling. Sometimes Mental health um, struggles are really hard. Um, self-worth struggles are really hard. And mm. we live in this culture that, that it makes it super hard because we live in this you know, um, image-rich culture which often makes us just feel terrible about ourselves um, because we don't measure up on so many scales. Um, mm. And so I think part of what, what thinking of yourself soberly is actually all about is, is actually recognising that even in the areas where we may not measure up, um, certainly before God, there are lots of those areas where we don't measure up. But that God is is full of grace, um, and we live in a culture that actually is, is actually not full of much grace at all. Um, we yeah. live in a, in a cancel culture. We live in a. Sort of, if you've said one thing wrong, you know everyone like it's a pile-on culture mm. um, where we call one another out, and you know it's it's awful to see the way that that can happen, um, especially in social media. You you put a foot wrong, and everyone just sort of piles on, um, and and you always feel the need to to perform. And and the beautiful thing about um, I think what Paul's getting at here is you think about yourself in accordance with the faith um, that actually God. God is full of grace and um he he loves us um he sent his son to die for us and uh so we we put our worth and our and our hope not actually not in ourselves but actually in in God and in his work for us and that's um, earlier in Romans we talked about the language of imputation that God gifts to us what is not ours our righteousness from Christ and clothes us in Christ mm-hmm. and uh that then becomes a, a, a real center for esteem it's not but it's perhaps not self-esteem but but Christ esteem if that makes sense um, and so, so so that's part of it yeah um, second part of it I think I would say is um, thinking of yourself with sober judgment doesn't mean thinking that you're nothing mm. um, So uh, all of us have are actually precious humanity as, a, as, a, as kind of God's kind of high point of creation Um, you were talking about this earlier maybe you can talk about this a bit bit yeah yeah for sure I think that sometimes
0: our what we call our anthropology like our understanding of what a human being is sometimes Protestants have been guilty of being very negative about that like human Mm. beings we're sinners we're worthless we're nothing and I I think that is I mean we are as you've said we are guilty before God like that's part of the story but that doesn't mean that we're like cockroaches that you know just utterly only ever bad like good for stamping on you know exactly yeah Yeah. like psalm 8 i think is one of the real high points of seeing the the wonder of what a human being is so um psalm 8 uh the, the psalmist david says you know to god when i consider your heavens and the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you've set in place you know like i look out at this amazing universe psalm 8 verse 4 what is mankind that you are mindful of them human beings that you care for them you have made them a little lower than the angels and crown them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hand. You put everything under their feet. David looks at human beings and is like, wow, like God cares for us in this massive, glorious universe. We're the people that, we're the thing that God's put you know, as the mm. the crowning you know, we bear the image of God. We are this capstone to his creation. Now like that's you know, marred by the fall but we still are this, this you know, we're made in the image of God and that's still true. We yeah. are this thing that is glorified and has dignity because God's made us and and yet we still fall short. Like, one of the things I... Like, the, the phrase that always runs in my mind, um, Blaise Pascal, the French theologian and mathematician, he talks about us as human beings are the glory and the garbage of the universe. Uh, yeah. Which I think is just such a good line. Like, yeah. we are capable of terrible evil, yeah. and yet we are the the God's handiwork whom he loves and who he loves enough that he sent Jesus to redeem us, even out of our fallen state. So mm. you are worth something in your love, and you, God, has chosen to bring you back to him like
1: all that's good like yeah. you're not worthless you're not nothing yeah. yeah and I think the final, final thing to say perhaps on this one um, sober judgment I think is calling yourself as you ask you will have strengths all of us do we're going to go on and talk about gifts in a minute mm. um um, you know, Jack's a super intelligent guy. It would not be sober judgment if he were here, sitting things, he just saying all the time, "Look, I'm really dumb. I'm really <laughs> stupid. I'm no good for anyone." Thinking about, it. I love when Jack thinks through problems because he solves them. Um, and that's a, 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 so. Think of yourself soberly. Don't, don't be proud about it. Don't boast. Don't think you're God's gift to everyone because of your big brain. But mm. you're intelligent. So call it like it is. And. um yeah, I think that's that's part of sober judgment rather than proud self-esteem. Yeah,
0: helpful. Like false false
1: humility, like that kind and of. No one's like, looking for that.
0: Yeah. yeah, like that that doesn't help the, the body. Like if you got, if you're good at something, own that, use it. Just Absolutely, don't be a jerk about it. That's like, right. Yeah, yeah, yep. All right. Lots of questions about gifts, so we're going to come on and think about many of them now. Uh, firstly, interesting question here. Someone texted in is having sort of a competitive spirit within the church. Okay, uh, it has driven myself and many people I know to serve the church better
1: yeah competitive spirit um, I don't know if I'd like to phrase it like that I, I think that can get you into the place of pride because the heart of competition is wanting to be at the top yeah um, I want to
0: be the best guitarist at church or yeah, let's yeah, be the yeah, best yeah. church compared to the others in the neighbourhood like...
1: and, and it might that with that heart that you might get better at guitar um, and play music better at church but I think God actually cares about the first part of this passage which is don't think of yourself more highly than you ought mm. um, so I think I'd say um, rather than having your eye on others and trying to compete with them um, put your eye on the master the one who we're serving put your eye on his grace and how good it is to be now freed to serve him put your eye on the body and think I want to do what's good for them um, rather than I want to beat them or I want to beat yeah. someone else within them um, and let that be the driving force behind doing stuff better rather than competing to do better I think.
0: yeah yeah.
1: look up not sideways I think so yeah
0: yeah yeah nice We'll keep going. How do we know our gifts without thinking too much about ourselves, mm. and still thinking? Sorry, the second part of this question about thinking we're nothing, but we've sort of talked about that. Yeah, sure, yeah. We're yeah. not meant to think too highly of ourselves. How do we think about our gifts?
1: How yeah, I mean, Paul doesn't really address this here. Um, he do, he doesn't give you a handbook on how to how to um, determine your gifts. Mm. Um, so he just says, if you've got this gift, use it for the, for the good of the body. Um, so ha- how do you do that? I, I think part of that. Um, is in fellowship with others. Uh, Sometimes others can see your strengths, um, particularly if you've got low self-esteem, you don't think you're Mm. good at anything, um, have a conversation with somebody and they say, actually, no, you're really good at this. Um, And so I would say within community. um, Also, I'd wanna say gift isn't just the thing that you're really, really good at. Um, I think in in this context, uh, you're a gift if you are using yourself for the good of the body somehow. Um, And so, I think there are all kinds of things. and as we were talking about just before, they're things like encouraging in things like um, giving. They're, they're very normal Christian activities. Uh, yeah. so, so, so kind of get busy with them um, rather than looking for, oh, what's my particular special gift? Um, that being said, one of the things that, that um, in, in the ministry area we're, we're keen to kind of work with you is to play to our strengths and pray, play to our God-given gifts. So um, one way to do it might be to come and have a chat with somebody on a surf chat team. Uh, and say, I'd like to have a combo about how I might serve, um, can, can, and in the context of that conversation, trying to discern some of the, some of the things that God may have gifted you to do. Mm, yeah, helpful. And then
0: I think we'll probably touch on this a couple of times, but mm. it does kind of lead on to another question. So someone's asked, you know, people have different gifts. We've got, you know, some people may be gifted in some ways, not others. Is it more beneficial to the body for me to focus on serving in the areas that I feel I am gifted in, or to try and serve in the areas where I'm less gifted but I want to improve so that I can grow and be a better servant in an area where I'm weaker.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a great question. And I think this is, this calls for wisdom. Um, Mm. And uh, let let me give you an example out of my time serving in different areas. Um, I think, and I think part of the wisdom is where are the needs that the body has? Again, remember our focus is I want to bless the body. I want to build the body. I want to use my gifts for the body. Um, so many years ago, we were part of a church and they sort of went around and were looking for musicians and, and I went around the whole circle of the 25 of us in the church who can play a musical instrument. And the only one, I played a bit of guitar and mm. so played some drums and so we were the music ministry. <laughs> you know. Um, I don't think I'm a particularly gifted guitarist, uh, but I was it for that moment. I, I, and I got I practiced and I got better and better and better and I, I became an, a fairly competent guitarist. I wouldn't say I'm an amazing guitarist, but I'm competent. I could play in church if I had to. Um... Now, in this context, I'm definitely nowhere near the most competent Hmm. guitarist. And I don't want to have an identity say, I'm the guy who plays the guitar. I've got to get out of the way of our guitarists who can do a much better job than I can. Um, And so, and now use, you know, see where, what, how can I build the body? And where I think where I could build the body is in leading and teaching. Um, And so I, I kind of spend some time in that. However, um, sometimes, just like with our physical bodies, um, bits of the bodies break down and need a need a bit of assistance. And mm. so, you know, if you're, you're limping a bit, sometimes the arm might take a bit of weight on a crutch just to get you through till the till the legs going again. Uh, sometimes that's the case in church, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, I might jump on a guitar if there was absolutely nobody around for one week to do it. But um, so I, I think generally, I'd say. Um, think about wh- where are the needs and sometimes the needs will be right where your natural strengths are sometimes the needs will be somewhere where you're not great but you can invest in it um, so it co- requires a bit of wisdom yeah and either no, way
0: there's a good. yeah I mean just to keep banging this drum it's, it's looking out to others so yeah. the, the way the question's phrased it could be both those options are sort of looking inward like either yeah. I have the gift and I want to kind of play to my strength or I don't have it and I want to grow in it yeah. both those things are about me whereas yes. the bigger question Paul tends to ask is look outside like that's what, is, right. what does the body need like me? So be... yeah it's not about
1: me expressing my gift as the end goal the end goal is about the body being built yeah yeah and and like willing along the way that's going to mean either yeah you get to
0: express your gift or that there's things you're going to grow in both those things are good but the goal is build the body yeah absolutely important. yep last question to wrap us up thanks if i'm serving but not serving gladly
1: what should i do ha <sighs> um, yeah um, great question, and a hard question sometimes. And and I, I think I had a word to people um, on Sunday. You know, if you are there and you're feeling a bit of a grind, um, and my application on Sunday was uh, let the vision of the body working together capture your heart again. Um, mm. It's a good thing. It's part of God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, uh, thinking about the why. What? Why am I serving? I'm not just doing a job. I'm not just um, you know whatever your serving role might be. Practicing my music or um, twiddling the knobs on the on the PA desk I'm not just here to do a job, I'm here with a purpose which is to bless the body and so trying to let that vision captivate you again I think is, is really really important um, fix your eyes on Jesus who mm. came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom of many, uh, for many and uh, that's Mark 10 45 and I think uh, in that, recognize how good it is when someone sacrificially serves. How much you benefited from that—that that Christ served you—and then think, "Well, I want to bless the body, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve." So again, just getting our, having our minds renewed. We're back to Romans twelve one and two that, yeah. that that word renew our minds and give us a new vision of things. But it might also be that the perhaps the area that you're serving in. We we're talking about gifting and kind of appropriateness of service before. Maybe it is that. um uh, it could be time to try something different. Yeah. Um, it might be that you've been, you know, you've been stuck in the rut. You've been doing the same thing for for ages, and it's just time to try something different. Um, and that's perfectly okay. And again, mm. we've got people around who who would love to have a conversation with you on our, on our serve chat teams, um, who who'd be able to explore with you something new that you might really love doing. Um, and so sometimes it's right to to change the way that you're serving and, and do something new that you would be really glad about. Mm. Um, but bring someone else into the po- into the process. Share what you're feeling with somebody. Don't don't sort of suffer in silence and and become kind of dark and moody and um, hmm. kind of cranky about service without talking to someone about it. Hmm. Um, share that struggle with someone. Talk to someone in your growth group. Talk to a friend who, who, who's a Christian and um, share what's going on. Um, and ask for God's wisdom. I, I think that'd be some of my tips for you.
0: Yeah, and yeah. some really helpful wise ones there. So lots for you to have a listen to there and to explore if this is something that you're struggling with. We, we long to see a church where people are serving with joy. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for helping us with our question, Sam. Uh, give us a little taste of what's coming up next. Where are we going this Sunday to come?
1: Yeah, we're going to finish off chapter 12 and um, I've called it kind of uh, working out your obedience in the face of evil. Um, and so... Uh, we're going to talk about being patient in affliction. We're going to talk about blessing those who persecute you. We're going to talk about not repaying anyone evil for evil. Um, so, actually, sometimes where the Christian finds themselves is in really difficult circumstances. How do you live out your obedience, being a living sacrifice when life is just really hard? Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon that's something we can all probably relate to in different ways. Uh, and I think it's going to be a, a challenging one. At the heart of that, just a sneak peek, is um, at the center of it is love. Um, so there you go looking forward to it yeah
0: we'll see you on Sunday God bless have a wonderful week serving the Lord being captivated by Jesus and serving to build the body we'll see you on Sunday see ya